a lot of parents will do that unbeknownst that they are doing any harm to the child's heart. Susan Goss, and as a seasoned therapist of more than 15 years, I'm honored to have had the opportunity to gain so much wisdom from so many people and love passing that knowledge on to others. So join me and some of my favorite friends as we share some tangible truths with you. Hey guys, welcome back to the Tangible Truth Ministries podcast. And I'm so excited because I've had so many great comments about Steve being on the podcast that I looped him back in today. So, hey, Steve. Hello, Susan. (laughs) Don't you love it that people love having you on the podcast? Oh, yes. That's great. (laughs) I get all these requests from you now. (laughs) Well, I love it that you are joining us again. So, But first, I want to tell everybody, listen, we're so excited about the conference coming up, the Tangible Truth Ministries Conference in June, June the 7th and 8th. So if you want all the information It's been playing on purpose. We played it for two weeks in a row, so you'd get all the information. But you can go to TangibleTruthMinistries.com to get your tickets, see some more information about it, and uh, start getting those tickets. I've had a lot of friends text me, got my ticket, got my ticket, invited some friends. So that is wonderful. I'm so excited about the excitement that's already being built. So excited to see what God's going to do. What conference are you talking about? Well, the Tangible Truth Ministries Conference with... uh, uh, Beth Moore and Susan Galls oh, and three okay. conversations about faith, love, and forgiveness. That's the conference. Oh. It's going to be a Bentonville Fellowship, too. And Seth Prim's going to lead the worship. We're going to have a great, great conference. So all that's missing are the people that are going to be calling in and going on the website and getting their tickets. So we're excited about it. Fantastic. A lot of friends from out of town have been contacting me, too. So I think that's great. Today, we're going to be talking about really unconditional love, what that looks like, what it means, and how it differs from conditional love. I actually titled it, I Love You If. Hmm. Interesting title. Interesting. And so we're just going to jump right on in um, because I think this has a lot to do Uh, As a therapist, I talk about it all the time, but it has a lot to do with our family of origin, how we were raised, the messages that love was given to us through the patterns of our family of origin, how it was delivered. Some things you may not be even aware of. I 100% agree with that. Okay. So, for instance, if you do so-and-so, If you do what I ask you to do, tell you to do, if you behave well, then the message was, you're good. I love you. You performed well, uh, et cetera. That's in a nutshell. But, however, if you did not do what I asked you to do, if you did not perform well, if, if that did not go as it was you know, if if the message that the child growing up received was, I'm not good, I must not be good, and I, I don't think mom and dad love me as much. So it becomes how some therapists, we term performance-based relationships, some call it that. I have used the term performance-based love before. Therefore, it becomes conditional. 
that doesn't feel good. No. You know, when you told me this, we were going to be talking about unconditional love, I felt, oh, my gosh, how humbled, how inadequate, you know, I felt about sitting down in this chair and talking with you about it. But, you know, the what you're talking about there even is, you know, I don't know that parents, even if they were giving conditional love, maybe even realized it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it was how they were raised. Absolutely. Um and I think there's, you know, it's it's one of those things as a parent you have to just pray and be careful about because there's nothing wrong with demanding good things and excellence out of your children. But whether they do or whether they don't accomplish some of those things, how do you still show that you love them mm-hmm. and that those things are separate? Mm-hmm. Uh, that how you do on your grades or how you perform at that athletic event or know how how you might do anything you know mm-hmm. that's really not what gives you love Mm-mm. or what gets you love is Mm-mm. is the child um, so I think it's just really important for parents to be aware of that mm-hmm. you know if you're riding them hard about something that may not be wrong at all uh, it may be that that child needs you know a, a pretty strong push to achieve what they are and who they are but then again, there needs to there have to be those moments where you're just loving them, you know, and mm-hmm. it's irregardless of what they're doing or maybe how they're doing it. So mm-hmm. I don't know how you how you talk with parents about mm-hmm. that. But um, and, and but and it can be quite difficult to break the only thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, break that pattern and try to do better with your own children mm-hmm. um, and setting that tone that. For you and I, we know Jesus set for all of us uh, our ultimate example. Uh, so those are just a few things that pop into my head kind of right off the bat. Yeah, because I do think, I do agree that a lot of parents will do that unbeknownst that they are doing any harm to the child's heart. Yes. Like the child is receiving the message differently than the parent is delivering it. Like the child, the parent's intent is not the way the child is receiving it. But as an adult, the, the, the child, the, the child grows up as an adult. And then all of a sudden the, the adult now is like, I was raised performance-based love. Like if I did something well, I was loved. If I didn't do it well, I did not feel the same as when I did it well. So I became like this, not necessarily a perfectionist, but that I had to do everything really, really well to to get accolades from my parents and that sort of thing. And so you do have to learn as parents to love unconditionally and to not expect any kind, any sort of perfection at all from, as you said, you have to separate activity that they're doing, grades to do, you know, do the very best you can in sports, but also have a good time at sports and love what you're doing. Do you love what you do? Do you love it? Are you trying hard? And uh, do you love it? Are you having fun? And, um, so there's a there's a fine line, but not based on I love you if you <laughs> if you make a touchdown. I love you if you make the three pointer. I love you if. 
So that's why I named it I Love You If. We can't add the if on there because it tears down the heart. It just rips up the part of a child. And I can take out the word child. It rips up the heart of an adult. If you were to tell me, Susan, I love you if, I mean, it it tears down because the word if tears down a, a sorry. I'm sorry, but take away the word if and use the word but, you know, it negates the I'm sorry. I'm yes. sorry, but. Well, the same thing with I love you if. It just needs to be unconditional love takes away the if. Unconditional love says I love you, period. In the good times, in the bad times, when we're arguing, when we're, it's just part of life. You know, when, when you're doing good, if, when you make an A on the test, when you make an F on the test, let's work harder together, but I'm beside you. Or if, if the child is plummeted, I'm going to help you get back up, you know, but I love you, period, unconditionally. So when you're crying, I'm crying. When you're sad, when you're happy, I'm happy. I mean, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. Um, but life is hard. We'll go through it together. It's also a celebration. Let's celebrate together. So I love you, period. So that is an example of a huge example of unconditional love. It endures through every circumstance and it never gives up. It also gives expecting nothing in return. Right. Um, I had even thought about the term quid pro quo. Mm -hmm. It's not this. I'll give you this. <laughs> tit for tat. Yeah, tit yeah. for tat. Yeah. It's not that. Right. Doesn't have anything to do with your ledger. Nothing. As you like to say. Oh, yeah. Keeping a list. I hate ledgers. Yeah. And, re and healthy relationships. Right. And God is the most perfect example of that because he's the ultimate example of unconditional love. I always like to say he never once said to anyone, hey, you go get cleaned up, fix that problem of yours first, and then come follow me. He, ne he never did that. So he, he is the perfect example of showing unconditional love. And he's our model for that. Yet we will... Yet, while we were still sinners, he loved us. Yes, yes, he did. And I remember in my own personal journey, when I found um, Jesus as my personal Savior, I was young. I was eight years old. But I still remember vividly learning about him, that he loved me, and I'll use the word, unconditionally, that I didn't have to do anything to earn that love. I didn't have to prove anything. And I mean, it took with me mm, immediately. Yes. And when I, when that took in my heart, I mean, I couldn't wait to invite him into my heart. And I just started talking about him then and I hadn't stopped talking about no, him. You haven't. It was just like, wow, mm -hmm. I don't have to earn anything. And he loves me just the way I am. You know, I wanted more of that, and I've been learning more about him ever since. Yes. You know, and that's a that's a great example because, you know, he loves you the way that you are, but he, and it's unconditional, but he doesn't want to leave you where you are either. No. And you don't, because of his great love for us, you don't want to stay where you are. So, you know, if you think that is kind of a parent-child analogy, you as a parent, you know, you want to love that child, but you don't want them to stay where they are. You want them to be better. You want them to grow. You want them to get stronger, smarter, faster, you know, more loving, have better friendships. 
So, you know, there's, there's a separation between unconditional love, but still coaching, motivating, correcting, rebuking. I mean, that still, especially in a parent child relationship, that still needs to happen, but you just need to be careful that you're taking those moments when there's nothing that's needing to be accomplished that you're showing unconditional love. So, you know, check yourself if it's always about, you know, the event, the athletic event, you know, the grades, whatever it may be, that's not where they need to hear praise. They may need to hear some coaching, but be careful how you deliver that. But there need to be other times where you showing your love for them is kind of totally disconnected from any anything they're having to do or not do. Mm-hmm. They're just there. So mm-hmm. you need to be in their court, even if you have to be on them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you have to you have to build that at times. And sometimes it's just saying it a lot, but then also living the rest of your life, being consistent and congruent with that. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you're losing your temper, trying to coach them or motivate them, that's going to tear down a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, any love that you've been trying to show or that you have been showing previously. So mm-hmm. parenting ain't easy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, no. And, uh, you know, so everyone just needs to be conscious about it, be mm-hmm. aware of it. You know, everyone can kind of read some child. You just look at them wrong and like tend to break down another one. You, you know, you just almost have to drag them through the mud to get their attention. There's lots of differences between each child that there may be in a family and children that you see. Uh, so just be careful, kind of instill those times of love so that they know that you're in their court all the time, even when you may have to be stern with them, which is what needs to happen a lot of the times too, as mm-hmm. they grow. Mm-hmm. And you're just thinking about Jesus, you know, we were in the first part of second Philippians talking last night, you know, just the unconditional love. I just think of how much humility there needs to be as a part of that, where you project yourself toward the other person, not so much what you want, but what they want. And then sacrifice mm-hmm. and service, all those things come into play. And that's easy to see in parenting, you know, when you kind of want to do everything for your kids and you're certainly turned toward them, you shouldn't do everything for them because they need to grow and stretch themselves. But And then in relationships, if you have that humble, sacrificial servant sort of attitude in the relationship, it's strong. It's very powerful. And no one's perfect at it. Only Jesus was on this earth. So he's he's our example. But, you know, just to talk about him last night, about how he emptied himself, uh, kind of gave up all the privileges of heaven to come to earth to die for us, mm-hmm. to be a servant and die for us, even a death on the cross. That is that is unconditional. That is unconditional. <laughs> that yeah. is the ultimate unconditional yeah. love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he loved us that much, and what did he get in return? Death on a cross. Mm-hmm. Now, after that, after being obedient to that, God says he's got a name that's above every other name. Mm-hmm. Every knee's going to bow to that name sometime sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, he is our perfect example. Something we'll never achieve, but something that should be kind of our guide of what we need to try to pursue in our relationships. Mm-hmm. Yes. Unconditional love, I would say, ultimately provides safety in our relationships. True safety. Would you not agree? Yes. 
and that's what we're always after. I know that our relationship is a safe relationship. You know, you are safety to me. I'm safety to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what unconditional love provides. It provides it's it's love, it's safety. We can be relaxed with each other. There's no agenda. You know, you don't walk on eggshells in a relationship where there's unconditional love. Yeah, just think how liberating unconditional love is. Mm-hmm. How anxious and constricting conditional love is. Mm-hmm. Because there are restrictions and conditions and anxiety there is when there's conditions and restrictions yeah. and, and you're walking on eggshells mm-hmm. and all the things. It's, it is unbelievable how much anxiety there is. That is a stressful way it's very stressful. to live or grow up mm-hmm. or be in relationships. And there's so many people that live in that environment, and I recognize that. So God is the one that's the safe haven that you go to to find unconditional love. That's right. If you don't have it. That's right. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This is just the beginning, I think, of of talking about such a big, big topic of unconditional love. But I think we, we started it. We did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you're going to finish it, or we are, but we've at least started yeah, it. Yeah, we've started, right. started the conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're very well. Okay. Thanks, listeners. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Tangible Truth Podcast, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.